Hey, you're back at the Untitled SEO Podcast with me, your host, Andrew Laws. Now, this is Series 2 of the Untitled Podcast, and this is all about LAN, not... Oh my God, I don't actually know what the original version of LAN means, but it's like networky stuff. So this is live action networking. I realized many years ago in SEO and the creative industries that we're not very good at talking to people. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're kind of okay to, to a certain extent, but we don't really get to know each other that well. If you see somebody's in the creative industry in a room full of networkers, they're either speaking to the other creative people or possibly looking a bit shy sometimes. So the whole point of this series is to get people I don't massively know well and get to know them live on a podcast recording. So to that end, I have with me today, Steve Clark. Steve, do you want to say hello? Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me on here, Andrew. Uh, nice to be here. I, I think I'm going to have to address the uh, the elephant in the room. Steve has COVID, bless him. <laughs> yeah, I apologize for this sexy voice. Uh, it's better than it was uh, two days ago. I sounded like Barry White on 60 mile bro a day. So <laughs> <laughs> I do apologize, everybody. Um, are you, I'm trying to remember, are you, am I right in thinking you're a musician? Or did I just imagine that? No, you've imagined that, but please feel free to do that. That's That really makes me feel far <laughs> sexy than I actually am, so please carry I've, on. <laughs> I've, I've played in loads of bands and vocalists that are like, I've got a cold, quick, record vocals. And you're like, wow, you sound brilliant. <laughs> no, um, I've got an extensive vinyl collection. Maybe that's where the, the music thing's coming. It could be, but let's say this is the whole point of the live action networking. It's kind of getting to know you. So I do know a little bit about you because all the guests on here do sign a kind of a release form, which which kind of helps me get to know them a little bit. And I'm going to start with the same question I ask everybody. Did you deliberately move into the creative stroke digital marketing world or was it a choice that was thrust upon you? Um, it was a bit of both, really. Um, so I've been a professional writer for about six years now. Um, prior to that, I was a taxi driver, believe it or not. Um, and I used to do the, the night shift and the oh. weekends, so you'd get the, the lowest form of human life, basically, <laughs> interacting with me. I would come home every morning and go, God, I hate this job. I wish I could bottle this horrible feeling and just drink some of it so I don't have to go out and repeat this endless cycle over and over again for the next couple of nights. And then I sat down and thought, that would make a really good story, you know. Mm. And I ended up writing a story about it, a novel, uh, which was... A whole novel? A whole novel came out of that, yeah. It wasn't very good, but (laughs) (laughs) it was was very cathartic, and I realised that I really enjoy writing, and I was actually pretty good at it. So... I then put all my efforts into becoming uh, a writer for, from there on. Um, so I wasn't thrust upon it. It was a choice, but um, it, it, I suppose it was in the wings for, for, for quite a while. I, I, I was just kind of stumbling from job to job, wondering what it is that I was eventually going to do with my life. And it turned out that writing was my calling. So, yeah, yeah. So did you, do you enjoy writing when you were at school or, or did it? I was good at English. English was always my favourite subject. Um, I think I came top of the year in GCSE. I don't know. It was a long, long time ago. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It was kind of between leaving school and, you know, going through these different jobs, life gets in the way and you kind of forget what you used to love. Like I used to love drawing, that kind of thing. And, yeah, life, like you know, like you – 
you, you learn so many different things as you're going up and growing up that you forget the things that uh, you know gave you those passions in the first place. Sometimes I think so. I do think it's it's sometimes a bit of a trap. I mean, the the world I come from is you know initially going to events in squats and and being sort of part very much part of the DIY punk scene. So yeah, the sort of the sort of jump jump on the job treadmill thing. You know, a lot of my friends, even now, people I work with, it sort of never occurred to them. But I, I have got really good friends who, you know, did school, university, un, you know, postgraduate job, and then get into their thirties and kind of go, "What the hell am I doing with my life?" And I'm not saying you did yeah. that at all, but I always think it's really interesting that, especially, that seems to happen in the creative industry. So, we're, people who make stuff, it's quite often I meet them; they've actually done a job doing something that you wouldn't necessarily see as part of a career path to that. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It's just, I, I don't know. I think I'm a kind of the last generation who was told, who was told uh, you're basically going to go and work at Asda for the rest of your life. Uh, you can never possibly make a living what? with something creative. How old uh, are you? Uh, 43. Oh, man, yeah, so we're, we're really close. Well, I'm either 46 or 47. I genuinely would have, <laughs> would have to calculate it to see which it is. But yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah, that that's what we were told at school. You know, you, you uh, went to, obviously went to school probably several hundred miles away from where I did. I went on the East coast down the South uh, near Ipswich and you, you have a, a, a less southerly accent. Um, <laughs> <Isn't that obvious? laughs> well, when you said about your sexy voice earlier, I was thinking, is he talking about his northern accent or is he just like <laughs> bragging here? But yeah, I can remember going to the school careers office and, and them saying, What is it you want to do for a living? I said, I want to be a writer. And they're like, No, next. Yeah. Or I want to be a musician. And they're like, No, you're, you're going to, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I ended up doing nursing for a while. Yeah, we were exactly the same. You go to your careers officer and if you didn't want to be a professional footballer, you were going to work in a warehouse for the rest of your life. Mm. You know, if you say, I want to be a writer, they, they laugh at you. So, yeah. but, you know, obviously times have changed and, you know, you, as long as you've got a mobile phone in your hand, you, you can do whatever you like as a business. Uh, and I think that's, that's something that, the people of today have got growing up that we didn't have. Well, we were literally told, you know, you're going to be nothing. <laughs> uh, suck it up and get on with it kind of thing. I think one, one of the interesting things, especially for the younger generation now, so I've got a daughter who's 12, and a big part of her creativity is video making. Yeah. And for one thing, that, that would have been a challenge in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. I did do it, but it, it was a challenge to be able to make videos. But the, the biggest the biggest obstacle to actually deciding if there was a possibility of doing anything like writing for a living was that you couldn't find an audience very easy everything was was relying on agents you know for if you're a writer yeah for filmmaking it would be you know i guess finding a producer or or something like that there was always somebody else you had to go and seek validation from before actually carving out your your niche as a creative whereas now for you know my daughter can make a video and within five minutes of making it it can have two three thousand views on youtube or tiktok so there's your audience so what what more validation do the younger people need and i think we i wouldn't say we suffered for it as kids but if, if you had 
if you had your time again, and this is a terrible cliche question, but if you had your time again, would you have just gone and nuts to it and, and just stuck with writing early on? Um, no, I don't think I would. Um, I was a very, very nervous kid, had no confidence whatsoever in myself. Um, and it, it, did, it took a lot for me originally to kind of write something and then actually show somebody because I, I was mm. terrified I'd, I'd get the whole pointy finger, ha-ha, you know, good kind of thing. And I couldn't have coped with that. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I did get over it, obviously, eventually. Um, but I think the thing you were saying earlier about, you know, we didn't have those same avenues, I think in a way that kind of maybe is a little bit stronger because we okay. didn't have all these avenues. We had to work that much harder to go and get it. Um, so, for example, I, I think if I wasn't writing, I would have loved to have been a Foley artist. Now, if people out there don't know what a Foley wow. artist is, it's the people that do kind of the um, the voice effects for movies. So, for example, you know The Exorcist, the little girl's head turns around. Mm. That was done by a guy got an old leather wallet and just held it up to a microphone and started scrunching it up, and that's the noise of the little girl's neck turning around. I would have loved to have done that, but, you know, me working up, growing up in a working-class coal mining town going to the careers officer and saying, I want to be a Foley artist. Can you imagine? <laughs> I, it's, it's wild. You're the first person I've ever met who who wanted to do that. And I know a lot of people in, or mutual friends of ours, who you know work in, um, work in video making, and, and I can say the film industry, but no, I do know people who work in the film industry. And Foley artist is, artist is such a specific thing. Yeah, It's such a very, very specific thing. But yeah. I can see that... As a, what was it? Was it because it felt magical, or was it what was it that drew you to wanting to be a foley artist? Yeah, just because it's it's so creative, you know. Whether I'm I'm writing or doing a video or drawing or whatever it may be, I just love being creative, and I think that to me, at, at that point in time, and it, it still is magical to me. That is the ultimate creation: it's taking something that doesn't exist putting a noise to it and making it a reality. So I don't know. You're watching Godzilla. Obviously a Godzilla does not exist where you can go out and just what? record a Godzilla. You, you've got to, you've got to go out and get all these different components and then make it a reality. So that to me is fascinating. I think everything creative comes down to making something where something did not previously exist. Yeah. And I think, I was thinking about this the other day, and it's not because I'm a middle-aged man, but I was thinking the <laughs> legacy, the les- legacy that creative people li- leave in the world, in their families, and in in their careers, and, and in the business community, is quite vast. Because there's people in this world who are very, very good at perfecting things, and very good at creating systems, for example. And I make I want to be make it very, very clear, I'm not down on the skills of anyone who isn't creative because quite frankly if everyone was creative the world would be screwed <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> if, if everybody just wanted to make stuff we'd be in real trouble but th- there's something quite magical about the fact that if i cark it tomorrow and i very much plan to stay alive for a very long time <laughs> there's all this stuff there's there's albums there's book like you know, I've, I've written books there's there's tangible things that that anyone who involves themselves in in trying to experience anything i've created will get a little bit of me so it's a little bit like making yourself immortal being a creative yeah it's it's a nice legacy to leave behind i think like you say there's always something tangible there whether it's physical or digital but 
I also think conversely, sometimes we, we, we get dumped upon a little bit. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is people are, are kind of, I'm not saying this is true of everybody, but I've met a number of people, and I'm sure you have, where you display that you've got an artistic skill, whether that's, as you say, musicians, painting, drawing, writing, whatever it may be. And people are in awe of that. They're like, wow, how do you do that? And then you tell them how much you want to do that. And they go, oh, no, 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 sorry. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like you, you take your car to the garage. You don't question how much your car is going to cost to repair. You just pay it. But if somebody creative comes to you and says it's X amount, suddenly people start bartering with you. And I say that obviously this isn't, you know, true of everybody. But I've experienced that a number of times. I don't know if you have. I certainly have. And I think it's partly because of this weird Puritan or, or sort of Protestant work ethic thing, which which I don't <laughs> I don't like. And it's the idea that if you haven't got calluses on your hands and you haven't broken a sweat, then you've not earned anything. Yeah. And my yeah. God, those people I've done a lot of a lot of manual manual labor jobs in fact that's why i i then got into what i do because i did so many agency jobs that did nearly kill me because i am not fit strong or anything that i just kind of went, look my body is just gonna just crap out if i carry on like this and that's why i made the conscious decision to to, to do something else but what i found is that the clients who do appreciate the creativity generally are the best ones to work for i've got one client who we were in a meeting and we needed to, actually it was about writing, we needed to present something. We needed to present an idea that they had that they wanted to get through to their their clients and prospective clients. And I said, well, obviously, just call it this. And she went, what? And I said, well, it's quite straightforward. You're, that's what you're trying to get across. These are the right words to use. And she's she's um, she's the managing director of, of a company that she founded and the previous company she worked at, she, she took to a billion pounds. So she knows, she knows, she really knows that stuff. And she said, no, no, what you're forgetting there is that you're a creative and I'm not so much of that. I was like, but you've built this amazing business. She said, yeah, because I know when to speak to creative people. Yeah. I know when the creative people solve the problems. And sometimes I solve the problem. I'm talking in her voice now. I was going to do like an impression, but that'd be a bad idea. <laughs> and, you know, she said, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, she, she knows how to do what she does very, very well. And she's very good at it, but she acknowledges that create without speaking to creative people. Uh, and she, she views us as mysterious animals, <laughs> like these sort of like creatures, like creatures almost, but to her, it's so alien. And I just went, well, obviously, obviously it's that. And she's like, no, it's obvious to you. And at that point, I kind of went, yeah, creativity. Well, it should be celebrated. Hell, we do celebrate it you know all the time but it can you can kind of feel like you know society doesn't perhaps value it as much as being yeah. able to i don't know I, I can't say anything because any profession i choose is going to sound like i'm being down on that profession no, I, I, really I, know what you, I know what you're trying to say like you say i'm not trying to 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 turtle i'll start that again <clears throat> I know what you're saying. I, I know I'm not trying to tar everybody with the same brush. You know, the people that do appreciate us really appreciate, appreciate us, and that's really gratifying. And once I kind of got over the fear of myself, um, I found that that's one of the best parts of being a professional creative writer. 
when you can take somebody's problem that, that they're stumped with, as, as you were saying there, and you can go, oh, actually, just just do this. And they look at mm. you and go, wow, how have you done that? It's like you've just pulled it straight out of my head. That's really gratifying. It's, it's, it's a real skill. And I think anyone who is listening who hasn't worked with a creative copywriter and I don't like to put all I don't like I don't like to put all copywriters in the same in the same group because we're we're a diverse bunch. Um, I don't want to say I'm we. I don't I don't write very much anymore. <laughs> but the creative copywriter's skill is represented best when they're selling it as not give me this amount of money or get this many words on a page. It's much better sold and and better understood by buyers as it's problem solving. Absolutely. The, the, the fact the problem is that you need a blog post and you don't want to write it that is a part of the problem yeah but so often i've sat down with someone I was, I was with a client earlier today and they want to attract a certain audience in a certain part of the country and they said well we we want to get them onto a mailing list I said how are you going to do that and they said well we don't know we don't know at all right. i said well what, what are you going to give them well i don't know do we have to give them anyway i'm not going to tell you the whole conversation the end of it came came about with a really nice idea that we, we conjured up between us to to attract this this audience that they want to attract and i've got a really good feeling that it's going to work but it it wasn't just me walking into the room and going right you need 500 words on a blog post <laughs> what do you want to cover you know it, it doesn't see one of the things one of the unintended benefits i don't think people who haven't worked with copywriters don't get is that if you work with a copywriter it, it makes your business better yeah and i mean you said in your intro um your copywriting is um quite an insular job you know i kind of sit here on my own pasty avoiding the sunlight as much as i can <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the collaboration thing is really nice when you get into a room and you start thrashing ideas around and the initial idea becomes so much more mm. than than what it, that it started out that 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 again is really nice because as I say, prior to going um, full-time being a writer, I did um, endless jobs in custom, customer service and what have you. So I've gone from kind of <clears throat> Maureen, whose turn it was this particular day to give me crap at work, <laughs> whether it's the customers, the boss. I shouldn't laugh. That's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's the way you it's the way you, you describe it, though. You, you, just, you present it so nicely. I don't sugarcoat it, you know, it's working with the general public is hard work sometimes, you know, they can be absolutely horrible, um, especially if they're on drugs and drink, if you're a taxi driver, but I digress. Um, <laughs> so to go from that to choosing who I want to work with, to being creative, to do what I love and get money for that, and to see people's faces light up because the problem that I, I have solved for them doing something that I love is night and day. It's it's so nice. It's so nice. You know, I, I get to speak to people all over the world regularly. You know, Australia, America, Kuala Lumpur. Instead of you know the people that live within a two mile radius of my town and will never leave. It, it's you know it's <laughs> it's like Royston Vasey will never leave. So to go from that little insular kind of pocket to a worldwide you know, kind of web of, well, well, web. <laughs> of, oh, there's, there's, there's something in that name. Isn't something it? in there. Yeah, I might have to write that one down, yeah. Um, 
of, uh, of of experiences and you know and influence and knowledge. Uh, it's it's so gratifying, and I, I really really enjoy what I do. Excellent. This this is turning into a real celebration of of kind of the freedom of being being self employed and and of copywriters. I was thinking. Right. What 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 could I condense that down to? You know, the listening to clients and helping them solve problems. And I realised that there is an element of being a copywriter where you're a counsellor. Yes. And 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 a coach. Yeah, yeah. And 100%. That, that's why a really good copywriter isn't necessarily someone who just sits in a darkened room hammering away on a keyboard. It's somebody who who wants to help people. I think that's a real intrinsic part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not the first writer to say this, but I, being a writer isn't just writing. I'd say it's about 20% writing. The, 80, the other 80% is research and, as you say, you know, sort of problem solving and being a bit of a counsellor, holding people's hands, directing them in a certain direction, putting them off from a certain direction. It's that bit that allows you to do that final 20%. But without that, I think the final product would be rubbish. Here's a question for you. I'm, I'm going to ask you this because, from a purely selfish point of view, when I'm when I'm into a topic and I really want to know about it, I always want to know what what mechanical devices the creators use. And I've been reading about, um, I've been well reading up, I should say, because I'm reading a, a few books about writing humour at the moment. Yeah, because I've I've done writing humour, not so much for clients, but I've written for for magazines and, and stuff for years where they employ me because I, I write funny, but I just pull it out of thin air. Yeah, I don't. You know, it comes from experience, and if I'm telling a story about something happened to me, it's really easy. But I've learned about writing joke webs at the moment. So, you, piece of paper, you you write something down, and then it's an actual mechanical process. And it, it was it's a book I I read written by one of the joke writers from who I got news for you. Okay. So in, in your writing, have you found that once you turned professional, you had to start developing frameworks or do these things come, come naturally to you? Um, it, it it's a hell of a question, back. isn't it? It is, yeah. I, I've never really thought of it in those terms. Um, <laughs> it, it sounds a bit silly in that I, I, I would probably still term it as, as winging it and you know just going with the flow but no i i don't have, <clears throat> excuse me sorry <coughs> excuse me sorry that's all right you're 22 minutes in and that's the first cough <laughs> considering you're you, you've got covid you've done that that's, very, that's good that, the odds are good there <clears throat> excuse me right oh let's try that one again oh dear um no it's, it's a really interesting question i i don't have any frameworks I just um, go with my heart. Uh, you could call that flying by the seat of your pants, I suppose, but it seems to work out so far. Um, I don't know. It's I wouldn't like to call it intuition because that sounds a bit arrogant, but I do, t I do tend to just get a feel for whatever it is that the person is telling me, how to write for them, and eight times out of ten, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much there on the first or the second draft. I can say I know that sounds incredibly arrogant, but I think that goes back to when I did that story, when I got out of taxiing, it just felt natural. It really did. It, it just felt as natural as breathing. And I think that's why I thought I've really found my purpose here. Because I, I didn't, didn't think it... I wouldn't say I, didn't, I don't have to try it. Of course I have to try it, but 
it does kind of roll off the tongue more often. I don't think it's arrogant in the slightest. Writing's a, a muscle. Yeah. The, the more you do it, the better you get at it. You know, you when you start, you're, you're probably quite slow, and, and the more you do it, the faster you get. And it's like it's like any skill that you learn. You eventually you solve you solve an issue or you solve a challenge you should say i don't like to say issue you solve a challenge and you solve an opportunity just to really push that as far as i can you solve an opportunity and that opportunity will come round in six months time or a year's time for somebody else and you kind of go oh yeah i've been there i know what to do here yeah. and when you've been when you've been writing for as long as you have you've probably seen a lot of those opportunities now very true yeah you're right with what you're saying it is a muscle that you have to exercise and it's a muscle that I really enjoy exercising. It's a shame I can't say that about for the rest of my body, but <laughs> <laughs> your brain's fit as anything. <laughs> brain's fit as anything. Uh, yeah, the the body is is another matter, but hey ho. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's um, that's a, a quite a fun note to end it on, Steve. I really appreciate your time. Um, we'll put links to your your site and and your press coverage about your murder, your murder mystery novel. We'll put that in the show notes. Is there, is there any final thought you'd like to leave listeners with? Um, it's uh, basically don't be afraid of doing what you want to love. Oh, oh, try again. <clears throat> I'll, I'll quote you on that. That, that can be yeah, a yeah. show title. <laughs> That's going on my gravestone. That Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, what would I say? I would say don't be afraid of doing something that you love. Don't be told that you can't do it. You can do it. If your heart's in it, if, if it's in your blood, if you really feel like you should do it, then go ahead and do it and don't let anybody tell you different. Damn straight. I'm going to say goodbye. Do you want to say goodbye? I'll say goodbye. Thank you very much for having me on. I've, I've loved this. It's been great. Thank you. <laughs>